Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. We're going to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. Excuse me. I had a little fog in my throat. <laughs> uh, hear the word of the Lord today. This is from Paul. He's speaking to the Ephesians. He says in verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through this spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. Man, I'm stirred up today, guys. When I read that scripture right there, that's not just a prayer for the Ephesians for a certain time and place. That is a prayer for believers, all believers at all times. And in all places. And that last line just fills me up with desire. Stirs me up with, with, a, with both a recognition of, of what I don't have. And a recognition of what I, I do need. And what I have had a taste of. And that is that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And my goal today is to stir you up that you would begin that the Holy Spirit, really it's not my words, my prayers that the Holy Spirit would use my words today, would use his word today to begin to stir up in you a fresh desire for the fullness of God. Because what you and I need more than anything right now is the fullness of God. What our church, CIO, this unique community of believers here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, reaching Sumner County in North Nashville, what we need is the fullness of God. What our, what our community in this area, the people with what they need is the fullness of God. And what all people in all times and in all places in all situations and circumstances need more than anything is what? The fullness of God. Can you hear that this morning? Is there anything that those who have, have surrendered their lives, become slaves to Christ, who have laid down their lives and taken up their cross to follow Jesus, is there anything more essential to our everyday life than to desire more and more of the fullness of God? And my goal is to stir us up today to earnestly seek that and to earnestly seek what and I'm going to throw this word out there, and this word has a lot of baggage with it. It has a lot of great things with it. But to earnestly seek a revival in North Nashville. I'm calling you to something very specific. That is not just something, uh, some kind of general term. I'm calling you some, to something very specific, and that's what we're going to explore today. And many of you may have been praying for years for a revival in this area. And Obviously, God wants to bring 
a revival, a, a, an outpouring of the fullness of God across the earth. But we are representatives. We are residents. We are citizens of this place in this time, in this season. And it is right for us to pray for this community, to be filled with the fullness of God, to receive a rev- an outpouring of revival from the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, that word does carry some baggage. Maybe you think, uh, when you think of revival, what do you think of? Do you see like that scene from the Blues Brothers where they're like doing the, the cartwheels and the flips and the, and that's, no, James Brown up there, you know. Uh, maybe you see in your mind, you're picturing like a TV preacher, you know, foaming at the mouth, spitting on the front four rows, you know. Uh, maybe you see in your mind the picture of a Billy Graham crusade. I love those pictures. I know there was one of his final ones was here in Nashville. Uh, maybe it's a beautiful experience from your past and in a church that you grew up in and you saw a genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, maybe it's uh, a terrible experience from your past where somebody called revival what really wasn't revival. It was just, let's be at church six nights a week. And, and it was dead as it always was. Um, but I want to explore what a difficult, what, what, what a biblical perspective on revival is. Now, I have to say this, that the word revival is not actually mentioned in the New Testament, okay? So, uh, but that's, I'm not speaking heresy here, okay? What I believe is that the whole New Testament is about revival, is about calling dead things alive, is about calling those who once walked in darkness They've now seen a great light. And when Jesus came to the earth, he brought with himself the birth and the dawning of a revival that would last from then until eternity for all people at all times, that all who would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. Amen. But in the Old Testament, we do get some specific references to this this sense of what the Bible would call a revival. This scripture in Psalm 85, 6 through 7 says, David's saying, Will you revive us again so that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your faithful love, O Lord, and give us your salvation. We see that revival is about salvation. Revival is about people rejoicing in the Lord again when they've lost the ability to rejoice in the Lord. A revival is God showing us his faithful love. God giving us a fresh revelation of his love. Habakkuk 3.2 says, Lord, I have heard the report about you. Lord, I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. And in your wrath, remember mercy. A biblical understanding of revival is that we see and stand in awe of what God has done. I stand in awe of your deeds, meaning we we awaken to the recognition of what God has truly done. Because if there's anything that our culture does, it one, it makes us attribute what God has done to to what we have done, or it makes us misattribute what God has done to what the culture has provided for us. And It masks, just walking through culture, we just become blinded to the fact that God has provided, that the deeds of the Lord 
are the providence that sustains us every day. So a revival, according to scripture, is that we become, we stand in all of his deeds and that God revives the work of his hand among his people. Revive your work in these years. Make it known that the works of God are not just known within, within the people it's being worked in, but it's being known, it's spread throughout this region. And in wrath, remember mercy. We just sang a song about how we are, God, I'm so thankful I'm your child. You've adopted me. But not every one of us is adopted. If we are not in Christ, if we have not laid our lives down at the foot of the cross, then we are under God's wrath. And every true and genuine revival, the great awakening, the first and second great awakening, these started within the church. They weren't revivals that started outside the church. They started within the church and they, were, they started with a message of repentance, an awakening to the fact that, no, I'm not living in the family of God as a child of God. I'm living under the wrath of God and I need God's forgiveness. So let's not, let's not be uh, just thinking that revival's all jumping around and, and having fun. Revival starts with a revelation that we deserve and will receive the wrath and judgment of God if we do not have the covering and the blood of Jesus Christ marking our lives. Let's not kind of mince words. Let's not like skirt around that because it's not a fun truth. And we're not gonna dig deep down into what the wrath of God is today, but I'm telling you, it's probably not something. You've seen the wrath of your mama. You've seen the wrath <laughs> Uh, your daddy, you don't want to see the wrath of God, all right? <laughs> Mama gave you a look to put the fear of God in you, right? Okay, well, think about the look that God might give you if you see, okay, all right. You don't want any of that. You want him to look at you and you want him to see Jesus. You want him to look at you and you want him to call you child of God. So revival, in your wrath, remember mercy. God remembers his mercy toward us, Amen. Psalm 80, 80, 18 says, revive us and we call on your name. Restore us, Lord God of armies. Make your face shine upon us so that we may be saved. God is in the business of restoration. A revival is a restoration, is a putting back together of the things that have been broken apart, is a rebuilding of the shoreline that has been eroded. It is God restoring his people to a place where they see that his face shines upon him. Isaiah 57, 15, to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the oppressed. A true genuine revival raises up the lowly, raises up the oppressed and revives those who feel broken down, revives those whose society has put down and marginalized, but the church and a revival in the church raises up the marginalized. That's what we see. Uh, John Piper's definition is, of a revival is a fresh outpouring of God's life-giving spirit on his people. Do you want that? I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna ask you that a number of times. And I, I'm not asking that in, in kind of a, uh, a demeaning way. I'm, just, I'm asking you because I'm, I'm just praying that as I ask you, the Holy Spirit would awaken in you a yes. That he would stir up in you a deep yes. As we go through this today, do you desire more of the fullness of God in your life? Do you desire 
a revival in your life and in this community. In in the context of Ephesians 3, I think a good definition of revival is this. A season of time where the people of God in a specific time and place are filled with the fullness of God to fulfill the mission of God. A season of time where the people of God in a specific time and place are filled with the fullness of God to fulfill the mission of God. And what's the mission of God? Luke 19, 10, the Son of Man came to what? Seek and save the lost. You may have gone through some corporate like mission statement things. You know, you went through a four-week four workshop on how to develop your mission statement. They thought they were all clever and everything. Jesus got the mission statement down. All right. Jesus was the original mission statement consultant. All right. Jesus came and they said, what are you about? He said, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. That about wraps it all up. That's about the best mission statement I've ever heard. It's the best mission statement the world has ever heard. The son of man came to seek and save the lost. And what revival does is it fills us with the fullness of God that we may be set to continue the mission that Jesus began on this earth. So there I have a few questions for us that are gonna maybe help stir up and lead us into deeper thinking about what this thought of revival is. Because when I was growing up, I, I did experience a, an outpouring, a specific outpouring of God. I was a member of, uh, grew up at Cornerstone Church in Nashville. In the mid-90s, there was just just a, mo- uh, a season there where God was just pouring out. And I remember on a Sunday night, we just, we were worshiping. That was back, you know, Pastor Aaron's talked about Sunday night church. That was back when we were doing Sunday night church. And God was just pouring out his spirit on us. People were coming to, re- to the altars and repenting and people were being brought to life, filled, genuinely filled with the fullness of God. And I remember at the end of that service, I think it was the worship pastor who came up and he said, guys, I just feel like God wants us to come back tomorrow night. And everybody was like, oh, no. No, they weren't. They were like, yes, let's, go, let's come back. And the next night, we were just there, and we were, the, the word was poured out upon our pastor, and he was preaching powerful and authoritative word of God. And, and the spirit was poured out in our times of worship, and people were coming and being baptized. People were coming and repenting. People were coming and being filled with God's mission, being called into the ministry of God. They were getting clearly called getting clear direction from the Lord to go out and to spread this revival. It was a beautiful time in my life. Some of you may remember the Brownsville revival down in the panhandle of Florida that, that went on for a number of years. That was a beautiful outpouring of the Spirit of God. And all over the world, there's stories throughout the centuries of, of God in a specific time and place, in a specific people, filling them with a, an outpouring, a fresh outpouring of the fullness of God, so that they could fulfill the mission of God. And I want to be clear, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm calling us as a body to seek today. Because it is something that we can seek. It is something that we can ask God for. So here are your questions, four questions. One is, do you desire the fullness of God? Do you desire the fullness of God? Lord, just stir that up in us, Lord. God, help us to answer that question honestly today. Do I desire the fullness of God? 
And if not, what do I desire instead of that, Lord? Reveal those desires in us. And each person sitting in this place, let us have a revelation, God, of, of the things that, the habits we've become used to, the, the things we're desiring, Lord. Why, why do we desire those things above you, Lord? Help us to flip the script on that. Stir us up with the fullness of God, Lord, to desire you, Lord. Why, why don't you desire the fullness of God if, if you can say, honestly, I really kind of don't? Um, well, maybe because you don't know what it is. And I think for that, we can go back to Ephesians chapter 3. So your second question is, what is the fullness of God? And Paul just really lays it out here in this scripture. In verse 16, we see that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So what we have in the, when the fullness of God is poured out upon us, we have inner strength. We have, we have a, a spiritual backbone. In verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. So what we have is Christ dwelling in our hearts. Him abiding in us and us abiding in him. What we have in verse 17 is he dwells in our hearts through faith. So we have a, a rising of, of faith in us. We have faith welling up in us. Later in verse 17, keeping on, that you being rooted and grounded in love, we grow deep roots in God's love. The fullness of God is being deeply rooted in the love of God. Verse 18, may that you being rooted and rooted and rooted, uh, rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. So we have a collective understanding. Has anybody ever said in this last year, like, this makes my brain hurt? Like trying to understand what's going on here makes my brain hurt. The fullness of God gives us an understanding that we may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. God gives us supernatural understanding when we are filled with the fullness of God. He gives us supernatural knowledge and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. When we're in times of confusion, when nobody seems to know what to do or what is the answer, the answer to that for us Christ followers is the fullness of God, that we would be filled with this knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. It's beyond knowing. It's beyond the tactical data-driven society. It is a knowing that is beyond knowledge. It is a knowing of Christ's love that is revealed to the Spirit. That's the fullness of God. And finally, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, my friend Josh and I wrote this song, and it, it, at the end of it, it's called New Revival, and it says, fill us up to pour us out. This is what it is. That we would be filled with the fullness of God. Why? So that we could be happy and and enjoy our fullness? No, so that we could be poured out. Do you desire the fullness of God? What is the fullness of God? And number three, how full am I? 
in this current day, how full am I with the fullness of God? What is my kind of level, my, my little meter of where I am with this, with these deep roots and this faith and the inner strength and Christ dwelling in me and, and a, a deep understanding and spiritual knowledge and being filled up. Lord, help me to, help me to figure out a gauge. This is not about you comparing yourself to anyone else. This is just the Holy Spirit revealing to you maybe what the gauge is on your fuel tank with the fullness of God. And number four is, how do we experience the fullness of God? Now, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in a charismatic church, which, is, which means that often our, our definition of revival was very experiential. We experienced God's presence, right? Um, we experienced an outpouring of God in a sense of signs and wonders or, or in an emotional outpouring to the Lord or in weeping before the Lord. That was kind of the definition that I saw of revival. And that was the manifestation of, of a particular time and place but how do we experience revival in the, in the fullness of God? Is, yes, we experience in that. But what I've learned over the last decade or so is that there's this big gap in my relationship with the Lord in, this, in the realm of like theology and doctrine and the understanding of church history. Like that really wasn't taught when I was growing up. And, but many of you were on the opposite side and you were like, I grew up in nothing but theology and doctrine and church history, and, and there was no life in it. There was no, like, there was plenty of, of this knowledge, but there wasn't this kind of, like, filling with the Spirit. There wasn't, the fullness of God was all about, it was all up here, but it wasn't stirring me up here. But I love that Jesus gives us this very beautiful and simple explanation here is how do we experience the fullness of God? John 4, 23. You've heard it before, but just listen. Let these words fall on fresh ears today. But an hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. Guys, we don't just need a revival of experience to be stirred up in our, our emotions, to be drawn to the Lord. I'm not, that's not a negative thing. I'm just saying, like, we don't just need a revival of stirred up emotions and weeping before the Lord. What we need is a revival of people who are committed to God's word, who are committed to studying deeply what, what it is that we know about God. And maybe revival looks like you crack, cracking open a systematic theology book and you start reading through it. I, I, that doesn't sound like the revival I grew up with, but I'm telling you, the roots of revival are going to grow down deep as we dig deeper into God's word. Because believe this, the fullness of God has not been, the surface of the fullness of God has not been scratched by man. In all of our libraries and all of our books, we have just scratched the surface of our understanding of God. And that is an essential thing that we need to get in our hearts is that my knowledge of God in its current state is incomplete. 
my understanding and experience of God in its current state is incomplete. You shouldn't feel bad about that. That's the truth and reality for all of us. (laughs) There's nobody who has experienced the full fullness of God. And that's why we experience it. That's why we, that's why we desire it. And that's why what I'm calling you to is, a, is a, a dedication and a revival of a desire to dig deeper into God's word. To dig deeper into an understanding of his truth. To dig deeper into these terms called doctrine and theology, okay? They're a little bit scary terms, but what is theology? It's the study of who God is and who he has revealed himself to be time out of time. And who, through the ages, many people have come to understand him and have written things down that are beautiful and wonderful ways of describing and revealing to us who God is. And obviously, his word. Are you reading his word? Are you opening this book, this life-giving book? Are you opening the pages of scripture and allowing that whether you feel emotional about it or not, whether it brings tears to your eyes or joy to your heart, you know, whether it gives you that little flutter in your, in your chest no, or not, are you reading God's word? Are you investing in spiritual things? What are you investing? What am I investing? To be filled with the fullness of God. I'm just gonna, can I just, uh, my my uh, nieces and nephews, they call me Uncle Bobby, okay? So uh, it's a little weird. My first nephew, our oldest nephew, when he was younger, he, um, I don't know, he just started, he couldn't say Aubrey, so he said Bobby. So now all of my nieces and nephews are like, they're like 20 years old, you know? And they're like, hey, Uncle Bobby. You know, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, it's just the normal thing. So can I get a little Uncle Bobby on you for just a second? You know, <laughs> you know can, I, can I give you a little Uncle Bobby advice? I just want to speak honestly with you. Like, um, Guys, we are wasting our lives on social media. And I'm not, I don't want you to receive this as a coming down. I've, I've been there. I've been in this mode you know, I've, I've been in that place, but the people of God are meant for more than mindless distraction of someone else's content and social media, than the mindless distraction and the, and the trap of comparison. The people of God are meant for more than 30 minutes, two hours, four, eight hours a day spent just flipping through social media. Guys, I think we've got to repent from our addiction to social media. And I'm being very specific on this point. I know there's plenty of other addictions. I just felt like the Lord wanted me to just speak boldly about this today. We desire, and I pray that God stirs up a desire in you for the fullness of God. But guys, it's going to cost you something. And we are all saying, I'm so busy. I I don't know where I'm going to get time to read God's word. I'm, I'm going to say this boldly to you, if, and this is going to sound really crazy to some of you. If you are spending more than 30 minutes a day on social media, you need to, you need to pray and ask the Lord, God, can you, can you help me to have 
And 30 minutes to you is like, 30 minutes? What are you talking about? I spend 30 minutes before I even get out of bed. <laughs> okay, hold on, just a second. Now listen, uh, just Uncle Bobby talking to you here, okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. I think this is a place, a very specific place that reaches far across this community, that reaches so many of us. The people of God, filled with the fullness of God, fulfilling the mission of God. But we can't do that because we're just stuck. We're sucked into this trap. I'll give you a couple metaphors to lighten the mood, <laughs> okay? Social media is like going into Costco or Sam's, okay? And some of you are going into Costco and Sam's without a list. That's dangerous. <laughs> Don't do it. Why? Because Costco and Sam's have very intelligent people who have researched the data and they know exactly how to take the money out of your pocket. They know exactly how to keep you in there for as long as they can to make you spend as much as you can. That's their whole game. That's the way the store is set up. And it's not just them, it's everybody, right? That's the way the marketing goes. And if you go into Costco and Sam's without a list, you are gonna get terrorized by, I mean, you're just gonna be poor. You're gonna leave there with nothing left and credit card debt and all the things, right? Now, what if you went in with a list? All right, you went in to Costco or Sam's, you went with a list. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in with a list. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, but ooh, I see those Tupperwares. Huh. I've been thinking of replacing my Tupperware. <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's called, I don't know what, it's, it's not Tupperware anymore. That was, you know. <laughs> Uh, I said, oh, I see that air fryer. Look, baby, it's on sale. Look, 30% off. Mm, okay, well, you know, I had a list, but it kind of, you know, I'm really, okay, put it in the cart. Let's go. You can even scan to go. You don't even have to, like, go through the, the checkout line anymore. You just scan it, and you walk out, and you're like, yes. Or maybe, have you ever been in a store on a mission? Have you ever had a mission? You, walk, you walked into Sam's and you're like, I'm on a mission. I got to get the double bag of shredded cheese. I got to get beanie weenies. I got to get some, some Diet Cokes. And then I got to get a big bulk pack of those cheesy puff things. All right? All right. Now, baby, you go get the cheesy puffs. I'll go get the pretzels. And we'll meet right back at the middle. And we'll check out. Don't pick up anything else. If you do, we're going to have a conversation about it. All right. Okay, that's going on a mission. And I'm just encouraging you, in your social media engagement, be on a mission. Because the whole thing is set up as a trap for you. And you've exp I've experienced it. Why am I watching this video right now? Oh, look, there's another video. Oh, wow. There's my friend who I haven't talked to. I, they're, not my, they're not your friend. You haven't talked to them in 40 years. Look at what their cat is doing. Oh my goodness. You know, sorry, there goes the cat thing again. Last time I preached, I got, <laughs> I love cats, okay. <laughs> know what you're getting into. Go on a mission. 
it's a beautiful, if you're working in, in social media, if you're using it as a marketing tool, that's great. Get on there. Get on a mission and go. If you're using it to keep up with family and friend, true friends, then get on there and keep up with them. See what, see what your brother or sister is doing in a different state. Get on, it's a wonderful tool, but, but treat it like a tool and go on a mission. But please, by all means, don't get on there without a list. Or set yourself a timer and hold to it. Or talk to your husband and wife and say, hey, I'm setting a timer for 30 minutes. I'm going to look, I'm going to get lost on Facebook for 30 minutes. But once that 30 minutes is up, have some accountability. Get off. Because you and I have better things to do with our God-given time than to waste our lives down some hole that someone has designed for us in order to make more money and to market to us. That is not fulfilling the mission of God. All right, just receive that today, amen? All right. When we pray for revival, what do we pray for? We're praying for the bold proclamation of God's word. This is what I want you to pray for. I'm gonna ask you to pray for revival for this, for this city, North Nashville, for this area. And you can pray for revival other, otherwise, okay? I'm not limiting you to that. But I'm gonna ask you to pray for revival. I'm gonna ask you to pray for a, an outpouring of the fullness of God in this season, in this time, among this people. And here's what we're praying for, the bold proclamation of God's word. That's where it starts, God's word being proclaimed. The life-giving word, the word of God's truth that brings conviction, that brings sorrow, that leads to repentance. It's a bold proclamation of God's word. Number two, we're gonna pray for the Holy Spirit revelation of God's word. So we're gonna proclaim it. We're gonna pray that preachers all over this city, Bible study leaders all over this city, neighbors and friends all over this city boldly proclaim God's word. And we're gonna pray too that it is received, that in people's hearts who receive it, there is a revelation of God of God's word that convicts of sin and brings redemption. That there were, so there's the going, there's the boldness to proclaim, and then there's the revelation, uh, breaking down of walls or barriers to those who would receive that revelation of God's word. So we're gonna pray that the hope of Jesus is ignited in the hopeless hearts in North Nashville. That he is, that light is overcoming darkness because there is a darkness There is an enemy who desires to lull us to sleep, who desires to keep us in our secret shame and sin, who desires to just keep us down so that we can't fulfill the mission of God, keep us distracted. So we gotta pray for light to overcome darkness. We gotta pray for the fervent worship of God's people to intensify. Praying that a spirit of worship would rise up, not just in our music, but yes, often it manifests itself in our times of singing. But we want a spirit of worship, a a life of worship, a desire to honor God, to to see the glory of God cover the earth and to cover this region, to cover this area. We want that to rise and intensify. We want to pray and see signs and wonders that are manifest through the courageous faith of God's people. Signs and wonders. In the New Testament, my family and I are reading through Acts right now. Oh my goodness. 
We, had just, we just read through the gospel of Mark and you see what Jesus did. And then you start in Acts and it's like all of a sudden it begins to multiply. And there's a revival happening in the area of Jerusalem and in that surrounding area. And that revival is coming because God has poured out his spirit. And people are many, what does it say? 3,000 were added to the church that day. That's what I want to see. And I don't care if they're added to this church. Do you know that, that God's revival in North Nashville is not about a certain church or a certain man getting recognition? It's about the whole church being lit up, the whole church being filled with the fullness of God. So we want signs and wonders. We want to see people being healed. We want to see people being delivered from addiction. We're going to pray that God transforms the identity of a people, the identity of this community, that we're no longer just Hendersonville, the city by the lake, but we would be Hendersonville, the city on fire for the Lord, the city that kneels before the cross, the city that awakens and pours out themselves for the mission of God. And we're gonna pray for the kingdom of heaven here and now. So earlier last year, some friends of mine, uh, Jimmy and my friend Gabe, we decided to start meeting on Friday morning last June to pray for revival and to just, act, just seek the Lord for what he might want to do here in this specific time with this specific people. And the Lord very early on gave us this kind of recurring vision and it was of God pouring out like a rainstorm, like a flood. I know that brings up bad memories for some of you, okay? Uh, this is not 2000, this is an outpouring of God's spirit. It was just this, this vision of God pouring, pouring out from the heavens, this water that filled up Old Hickory Lake, filled up this area and it broke the dam, and this wasn't a destructive flood. This was a flood where God was, what God was doing here, he was using to bring an outpouring of his spirit in Nashville. That it was flowing down, down the banks, down the pathway of the Cumberland River and reaching every community all the way, all the way through Nashville. And we believe that God is gonna, that vision was that God is gonna start an outpouring here that he's gonna use to bring refreshing to this whole region. God is going to bring pockets. There was, there was another time where we were praying and the Lord just gave us this vision of the springs welling up and people gathering around these springs here just at different pockets and just felt like the Lord was saying that there, there are many people praying for revival in many churches here in Hendersonville, here in Sumner County, and that they're gathering around these springs and people are going to begin to gather around the water, the living water that's springing up from the ground. Will you pray with me? Can we pray together for a fresh outpouring of the fullness of God? Because if we don't desire that, then I think we have to go back and question, God, do I, do I really know you? If I, des if I don't desire that, if that doesn't stir or awaken something in me, then Lord, something's in the way. Would you help me remove that? Would you help me remove would you help wake me up from my apathy or whatever it is that's getting in the way? Would you help me, Lord? So we're gonna pray. And I just want you to, if you're willing to pray for revival, uh, you know, 
we, we pray at 6 a.m. on Friday. So I'm just going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you to come and meet us or anything like that. But at 6 a.m. on Friday morning, I want you to raise your hand if you will pray for revival in this city. Pray for a fresh outpouring of the fullness of God. Will you join? And you will know together that like 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, wherever you are, you know that there are people and we're going to pray together. Let's pray. Let's go before the Lord and ask him. Because you have not because you ask not, right? But let's ask and know that the Lord will give generously. Give abundantly. Amen. David, you can come on up, buddy. Um, Let's just pray right now. Lord, come, God. Bring an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Bring an outpouring, Lord, of people who are devoted to your word, Lord. Come and bring the fullness of God into this place, into this time, this specific place, this community, this specific people, Lord. Well up in us, God. In places where we, we're not desiring, where, where we, we feel like just like this is not stirring up in us. Lord, would you please, in your, in your mercy, God, awaken our hearts to you. Awaken our hearts to our need for the fullness of God. And whatever it is, Lord, that's keeping us from that, whether it's social media or anything else, God, Lord, remove the distractions from the lives of your people, Lord, so that we could, we could invest in the revival of your, your community, Lord. In, invest, Lord, in the revival of your people, Lord. That we would, we would be people who would sacrifice, that we'd be willing to lay anything on the table, Lord, to see you poured out in this community, God. Stir up that kind of tenacity, that kind of courage, that kind of boldness in your people today, God. And may we be filled with the fullness of God so that we could be about the mission of God. Lord, fulfill your mission here to seek and save the lost, God. The lost inside the church, the lost outside the church, the lost everywhere, Lord, in North Nashville. And may you fulfill this vision, God, that you gave us last year, Lord, that you would bring such an outpouring here in North Nashville, Lord, that it would cause a new flood a fresh flood of living water to flow throughout this region, Lord. Bring it to pass, God. As your faithful people seek you, come and hear our prayers. Hear us, Lord, and answer our prayers, God, by your great mercy and your great grace, Lord. Pour out upon us, Lord. Pour out upon us, Lord. In Jesus' name. So we're gonna have a time where we're gonna receive and come to the table of the Lord. Pastor Chip and I are gonna be giving the the elements and Pastor Daniel is right here. He's going to be dismissing you by rows just so that we can make sure that we uh, keep everyone safe and distance. So if you, Daniel, raise your hand here. If you're in the room, uh, just watch for Daniel and he will dismiss you. Um, I, we were singing earlier that song, Christ be magnified. And it said, then from north to south and east to west, Christ be magnified. Do you want to see that? Do you want to see it from north to south, from east to west, that Christ be magnified? That the hope of God that he has birthed in you, 
that the salvation he has stirred up in you and the gift and the beauty of the freedom that you have, do you want to see others? Knowing that, do you want to see others filled with the fullness of God that he has so graciously poured out upon you? Then seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen.